Hello everyone and welcome to Late Night Football. Yes, there is no music today or the regular opening because what I want to talk about today is not comedy but actually a very serious topic. I debated for a long time whether I should even do an episode this week but I felt like even though only 20 people listen to this channel, it would be wrong for me not to use this platform to share my voice and my opinion on this matter. Now I'm sure all of you are aware about the protests happening in the United States as well as around the world against the murder of George Floyd. It is yet another black person killed by police officials and once again we're talking about the issue of racism even though we're supposed to be living in a civilized educated society and are supposed to have grown past this. Now of course this isn't a political channel and I don't live in the United States so I'm not going to make any political statements here about the situation although I will state that despite not being black myself, I completely support members of the black community and all others who are engaged in peaceful protests against this issue and will do everything in my power to speak out against racism and discrimination in all its various forms. That being said, I did do a lot of introspection this week and if you really look at these issues closely, as a cynic, it isn't all that surprising. Firstly, racism is everywhere in every country, in every walk of life, in some form or another. Whether that's in the streets, pubs, restaurants, workplaces, stadiums, it doesn't matter. There's a myth that it only exists in Western countries or developed nations, but no, it exists everywhere. Now in some cases, it's because of public ignorance or fear, and in other cases, it's because it has been institutionalized and accepted as a way of life, as bad as that sounds. Now on this subject, football isn't immune. Now for the longest time, sport has been used as a popular propaganda tool to give the illusion of bringing people and communities together. But it has also been used by people to display their ugliest instincts. I mean, how many times have you heard about racist and homophobic chants and gestures in stadiums across Europe? How many times have you seen people openly being happy about what they did after the fact? And what have UEFA and FIFA done in response? There'll be stadium bans, fines but they are never severe enough to stop people from doing it again. I mean, during the World Cup qualifiers, when Bulgaria played England and there was racist chance against England players, Bulgarian FA got an 85,000 euro fine for racist chance from their fans during the game. 85,000 euros. That's not even the price for a thousand people in the stadium, and I'm sure that stadium held about 30 to 40,000 people. This has always been a big complaint, that at the end of the day, you can have all these messages, you can have all these slogans, and everything else, but when push comes to shove, measures don't go far enough to tackle these issues. And this isn't limited to international games, and for anyone who watches or follows Serie A in Italy, this kind of thing happens season after season, despite the growing number of black people playing in the league. And this is where you can see examples of institutionalized racism, because you'll have players and CEOs defending this crap. For example, when Moise Keane last season got racially abused, Bonucci, his own teammate at Juventus for crying out loud, he defended the fans of the opposition by saying it was just banter and jeering and he shouldn't have let it get to his head. I, I mean seriously, come on. I have literally no words to describe this. How about even this season when a TV pundit said on air that the best way to stop Romelu Lukaku was to feed him lots of bananas. And later he said that he was saying it from a nutritional standpoint. Not a, race, not a racial standpoint. I mean, that tells you how much he cares about racial sensitivity. And the only reason he was fired was because Lukaku wrote an open letter on social media about it and then there was fan backlash which prompted the company to take action. 
I mean, these are just the high-profile cases. There are plenty more that you can find just in the last two years that probably haven't gotten as much attention in the international media, but they still keep on happening. And it never stops. It just keeps on going on and on and on. And here's a paradox. Right? When you consider the Paris incident back in 2015 by Chelsea fans, when they didn't let a black man get on a train, shouting, we're racist and we like it. I mean, the reality is, if that black man was Strogba or Kante or Makalele, those same people would probably all get up and give their seats so that these guys could sit in peace or have the pick of the seats that they wanted, right? So why is it that this poor man was treated so differently for not being famous? You know, why is it that Manchester City fans, in a game against Manchester United just this season, can racially abuse Fred in one breath, but then also lovingly chant for Company or Sterling or Fernandinho in another? And by the way, the, the same Man United fan base has fans who racially abused Pogba and Rashford this season for missing penalties. So there are no saints there either. But every time it's the same minority, not majority argument, which by the way does not seem to be considered by those same people who will turn around and then say that terrorist acts committed by a few stupid people is justification to demonize all Muslims, or that violent crimes committed by a few idiots is justification to treat black people as criminals everywhere. There's never any introspection as to why it happens or what can be done to mitigate it in the future, aside from some cliched statements, some fines, bans, which in my opinion actually makes these people feel like their speech is being stifled even more, as ludicrous as it sounds, and then it provokes an even bigger reaction the next time. So ultimately these actions are not actually addressing the issues at their core, they're sort of a way of uh, brushing it aside as isolated incidents. And yet, the players are not allowed to take a stand. We say to them, don't walk off the field, don't react to them. And after this, I have thought, why not? Why not walk off the field? Why not end the match or let the team play on with a numerical disadvantage? Because ultimately, that's when it's really going to hurt people in charge, when money gets involved, when revenues are threatened. Because if an entire team walks off during a match, fans who paid to see the game lose their money or sue for refunds. TV broadcasters will lose revenue because there's no game happening, and that's really when serious action will be taken. Because if enough black players take a stand, there's a really powerful voice there that cannot be ignored. And when that happens, then when mon then the money will stop, and that's when companies will be forced to take action. Because at the end of the day, that's really what matters, right? It's not about people, it's about money. Now keep in mind, I'm not actively advocating for games to be stopped here, or pit, or you know, for football to suffer. But at some point, actions need to go beyond just petty fines or empty statements or patronizing gestures. I mean, if the money men know that their revenues are going to be threatened, then I will force everyone to be more stringent against these type of incidents and be more mindful that it is not okay to do this or to stay silent while someone else is doing this. That, I think, is, is the key to solving this issue. But in the longer term, we need to have more education about this topic. We need to, we need to teach children from a very young age why it is not okay to discriminate someone on the basis of color, religion, or ethnicity, why it's important to be respectful of everyone's cultures, and why it's actually beneficial to connect with people from different backgrounds, which I don't think we do enough of. It's obvious why you shouldn't do this, but maybe if we change the conversation to the positives, children especially would be more receptive to understanding. And really that's where change has to start, from a young age, and we have to do this together. The onus doesn't fall on any one person, or group, or race. This is everyone's responsibility to encourage anyone and everyone that they know on this topic. It may not seem worth it, it may seem futile, but believe me, it's never a bad idea to do the right thing. 
Anyway, that's it for me today. Uh, we've only scratched the surface on this issue, I know, but hopefully this will at least get the conversation started. I'm not going to make the usual spiel, but if you found this message thoughtful and interesting, please do share it with your friends and family. Take care and see you next week.